Hello and welcome back to episode three of Leadership Management and Professional Excellence. It's great to have you back. And in this podcast, we will be focusing on how you as a manager can really focus your efforts and your energy to achieve the best possible results and performance. So it's great to have you back and I hope you've enjoyed the previous podcasts and I've got more treasure for you to share with you today. So be ready and I'll also share with you again some great resources and things to look up that will help you explore in much more detail. So here we go and uh, we're today going to explore something called action-centered leadership. I don't know whether you've heard about it before, but it's a very well-established model. It was created by a gentleman called John Adair, and John Adair is a military man who identified in a military setting three key components of leadership, but over the past few decades, his work has been expanded and applied to a corporate environment and is just as approachable and just as relevant to working in a corporate environment as it is to working in a military one. Now, I'm going to give you a flavour of what action-centred leadership covers, but again, I would very strongly invite you to look it up on your search engine. Action-centred leadership or John Adair, A-D-A-I-R. Again, you'll find a whole wealth of stuff on it, depending on how much detail you want to go into. So let's start at the beginning. And I guess this one is especially for managers who are relatively new into a management role and facing that dilemma of, well, what's changed? What's different? But also, if you're an experienced manager and you want to review how you spend your time and your energy in achieving the best results, then this is a really useful tool for you. Now, you know, and I know, that the number of hours in any working week, month, quarter, year are limited. Nobody wants to be working longer than they have to. But of course, when you go from being responsible for just your own work to being responsible for the work of other people, there is a big change in how you need to be focusing your energy. And I've seen over the last 30 or so years, a lot of new managers struggle because they don't necessarily get that support and guidance to help make that step from being responsible for your own work to being responsible for the work of others. And I've used and worked with action-centered leadership for the last three decades and help managers really start to focus their energy and to be able to take a degree of control over how they spend their time and their focus. So this is going to be really powerful for you. Now, I can't show you visually on the podcast, but if you imagine a Venn diagram, three intersecting circles, two at the top, one at the bottom, they, they have a little bit in the middle where all three cross over. But each of the three circles represents a different element of where your energy goes to. 
Now, I'll explain to you what each of the three circles is to begin with and just get you to think about what kind of activities fall into each one. And then what we'll do is we'll look at, okay, well, once you've got these three circles, what does that actually mean for you in reality in terms of how you bring them together and how you get the best results? So, again, Get ready, fasten your seatbelts. We're about to start the ride. Here goes. And let's start off with the first of those three circles. And the first three of the three circles is about achieving the task. So what do we mean by that? Achieving the task. Well, the task ultimately is the reason we are all there. The task will be whatever you have been employed, promoted, to achieve and again that could be anything it could be sales it could be appointments it could be quality measures it could be anything that you are measured on and this relates to our previous podcast when we talked about performance and achieving the task is the reason that you and I are doing what we're doing now that's a really really key one of course and without that there'd be no need for the other two circles but I want you to think for a moment about this achieving the task piece. This is getting the job done. This is getting the numbers. It's getting the measures. It's whatever it might be. And ultimately, as I say, we're all there for that purpose. But the thing to bear in mind when you step up from being an individual contributor to being a manager or a leader of other people is the nature of that task has invariably changed. You are now looking at a task that is more than you are capable of doing on your own. That's why you've got a team of people to help you to achieve it. And one of the biggest challenges for new managers especially is it can feel very uncomfortable letting go of some of the previous tasks that you were achieving as an individual contributor. So when you become a manager of others, it's very tempting to hold on to the jobs that you were doing and probably doing very well before you, you stepped up. And it can become very difficult for new managers to delegate out some of those tasks. And what you find is, is that sometimes it's possible to find yourself too involved in those smaller tasks and losing sight of the other two circles, which we'll come to in a moment. And often it can feel very tempting to hold on to those tasks because you know them, you do them well, you know you're going to get them right. But actually that stops your other people, your team members from being able to grow their ability to do those tasks effectively. And that element will come into the other two circles as, as we explore them in just a moment. But the first thing to think about with achieving the task is what is my new task? As a manager, what am I measured on? And the simple message there is I will need to lose to delegate out some of the things that I'm most comfortable doing, that I maybe enjoy doing, and that maybe I can do better than anybody else at this point in order to focus on growing a team that is going to be successful, sustainable, and achieve the task for me. 
So circle one, achieving the task. Be thinking about what is it that your task is? What is your new deliverable? What are you being measured on? So that's the first part. And once you get your head around that, that then helps you to start thinking about the other two circles. So the second circle is about building the team. Now, by definition, as a manager of a team, as we've already said, you are responsible for more work than you are capable of doing yourself. So you also need to be thinking about, okay, how am I building the right team to achieve that task? Because without the team, you're not going to achieve the task. So this is now about thinking, how much of your energy are you focusing in to bringing your team together, to getting them to communicate and work with and get to know each other, to growing a team spirit. And that will be anything from team events to bringing them together, to getting them to work in groups, to getting them to collaborate and get to know each other so that you are creating a culture where your team can be honest and open with each other, where they support each other, where they're able to have positive conflict and disagree, but come to a resolution, but that they also understand that as a team, they are responsible for achieving that task. Now, that may sound very easy, but actually getting a good team spirit and a good team morale takes effort. It takes work. It requires you to keep that overview of what's going on. What are the behaviours within the team that are helping them move forward? What are the behaviours that may be holding the team back? Are there individuals within the team that are helping you get there where you want to go? Or are there team members that are holding you back? And of course, that then means having some challenging conversations at times, but it also means acknowledging where the team is working forward and moving and making progress. So, in order to achieve the task, you've got to build the team. And building the team is also about looking ahead to the future. Um, again, I've seen teams over the last two or three decades where the internal competition has not been healthy, where you get individuals holding things back from each other, not sharing best practice, because the culture that they've been in has been one where we reward individual success, but we don't link it to team success and that can be quite destructive in a team so getting a team to work towards collective success is a really key part of being a manager and you need to invest energy and time to make that happen and then you've got your third circle and I've already mentioned what that is that's about developing the individual because of course you need in order to complete your task, you need to build a team. Now, in order to build a team, a team is made of individuals. So part of building a team is spending time and focusing on the individual team members. And again, that sounds pretty obvious, but 
You ignore it at your peril. One-to-ones with the team, having good quality conversations with them, getting to know them, getting to know what drives them, what motivates them. Everybody is different. You cannot assume that individuals are driven by and motivated by the same things that you are. That's one of the biggest mistakes that a manager can make. This saying that you may have heard in the past, treat others as you would like to be treated. Have you heard that one? Okay. Well, if you have, I respectfully suggest that you chuck it away and put it in the bin because it's not enough. That's a golden rule, but there's a platinum rule. And the platinum rule, if you haven't already guessed it, is treat others as they would like to be treated. Don't assume that your motivators and that your values are the same as other people's. Get to know your individuals. Spend time with them. Don't just wait for formal one-to-ones once a month and then dump on them all the things that they're doing wrong. Have regular, fluid conversations. They don't all have to be formal. They can be done on the fly. You can have quick conversations with people. Show that you care and show an interest in them. Find out about what's going on in their home life. Get to know what their pressure points are. Get to know what their passions are. But also spend time developing them. And this comes back to the piece that we were talking about in achieving the task. There will be things that you need to let go of that you were doing before. This is now a great opportunity for you to delegate some of that out. And I don't just mean dump everything you don't want to do on others. Think about what you're giving to people to do. Now, at first, of course, they are probably not going to be very good at it. So it requires some extra work and time and effort in helping them get up to scratch. And in one of the other podcasts that we'll be uh, sharing with you, we're going to look a little bit about giving feedback and coaching to help develop your people to get them up to where you want them to be. But spending time with your individuals is absolutely key and getting to know them and making them feel valued and that their work is important and that they are contributing to the team and therefore to the task achievement is absolutely key. Now, there you have three circles, all of course very, very obvious and all in isolation, not too difficult to do. The key for you as a manager or as a leader of a team is to get the right balance between the three. Because if you focus just on the task and don't spend time on building your team and developing individuals, you get known as a slave driver, an ogre, a bully. You will never achieve sustainable results. Your staff turnover will be too high, morale will be too low, and you'll constantly be fighting fires. If you focus on just the team, and not achieving the task and not developing the individuals, you might end up with a nice, comfortable team who are all getting on with each other together, but actually nobody's getting anywhere. No progress is being made and we're not getting to where we want. And again, that's never going to last for very long because somebody's going to start questioning your results and what you're achieving with them. And of course, if you spend all your time or too much time just on the individual, what you may find is that some individuals see you spending more time with others. It breeds a culture of favoritism or a perception of favoritism. Other individuals will switch off. Sometimes we spend all of our time with those individuals that are not performing 
at the expense of those that are. And it can become very easy to take for granted the people that are doing what you want. And after a period of time, you know what? They'll probably just get bored, feel a bit neglected, start looking at other available jobs. And before you know it, they'll come up, come up to you with a letter of resignation and tell you that you've found they've found a new job. And that's the first thing you've ever known about them not being happy. So focusing on any one has its dangers. Uh, and what Adair talks about is he talks about helicopter management. And part of the role of a manager, of a leader, of a successful team is to imagine those three circles laid down in a map and you're in a helicopter hovering above them. Every moment of every day, you need to be thinking, right, where do I need to land my helicopter? Where do I need to focus for this next hour, for this next few minutes, for this next day, this next week? Land in there, deal with it, but don't make the mistakes that a lot of managers make because they are very comfortable in that circle and it's their thing and they'll land in it and spend too long in it at the expense of the others. Once you've done what you need to do in that circle, what you need to be doing is climbing back in your helicopter, taking off again, and looking around at where you are needed next. Landing there, deal with it, get in the helicopter, and hover above again. Now, all of that sounds really, really high energy and very, very draining. And at first, when you're consciously thinking about it, it will feel draining because you're constantly thinking, right, what am I doing here right now? Am I doing the right thing? Am I focusing on team or the task or the individual? Is it the right thing? The more you do this, my friend, the more natural it will become. It will be become a natural part of what you do and therefore it becomes less onerous, it feels less of an effort and you start to develop a much more flexible approach to where you focus your energy. But what it does do is it helps you create a strategy and a plan. When you come in at the beginning of a week, you'll have an idea of where you're going to land your helicopter that week. What do I need to focus on? I need to focus some time on my individuals. I need to do something to build my team and I need to spend some time on the numbers and achieving the task and focusing the team on that achievement. So what this will give you is a degree of strategy and structure and conscious control over where you are spending your time and your energy. And again, the more you do it, the more natural it will become. So I hope that's given you a little bit of an idea about action-centred leadership. As I say, I've been working with this for three decades now, and I've seen new managers completely transform both how happy they are in their role and how effective they are in it by using this as a guide. So go into your search engine, look it up, and you'll find a wealth of information about it. So do remember to leave us a review and subscribe and be also aware that these podcasts are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major podcast stores. I've got loads more great stuff in store for you. I look forward to seeing you again soon. All the best. Until next time, goodbye.